6, that you're, it's supposed to be a believer. If it's not, then, then you're going against the Word of God. Now, now, are you ready? Uh, are you sure you're ready for tonight? Now, I want you to know that what I talked about this past week, I want you to know it involves dating, but it also involves close fr- fr- friendships. The same principle will apply. If you're very close friends with a non-believer, they will drag you down more than you will pull them up. Unless you've got a great base around you, but you're careful around them. So, so the principle applies just in, in, in really who you hang with, who your friends, friends are. It says a companion of fools suffers harm. That, that's a pro- proverb. It, it, it's clear and, and it's true. We see it with, I've seen it for years and years with friends that I've had. And I've seen it in times of my life when I hung out with those that were really fool, foolish. They dragged me down and I, I tended to walk in their way. Now, um, last week, was a little bit tough, but it's sort of it, it's sort of it's truth. It wasn't hard to teach. Tonight, I'm going to teach you something that um, part of me says, "Man, I don't even want to te- teach this." Part of me says, "What's the point to even talk about it?" Because this, 99.98 percent of you know what I'm teaching you, and you know that it's true, but. A vast majority of you ignore it. And that is so sad to me. And you go, well, I'm going to get into it. And part of it, you go, well, we're just young. You're just young and you'll grow out of it. But there's more than that. So last week, I I shared some, I thought, sort of tough truth with you. This week, it's tougher truth, okay? So as we, we come, let me first say this. Welcome to the... Edge, and that's where we're back again tonight. We're back at the edge, where I'm calling you even now at the end of this, um, or in the middle as God speaks to you, which my prayer is that He does, that you don't hear me, that you hear Him. But as He speaks to you, that you make a choice, am I going to, to take this, this step off the, off the edge to wherever God says to go, or am I going to stay back and just sort of stay back where it's safe, where I know it? Because that's just sort of where I, I, I like to be. Now, what I'm going to teach you uh, about, um, I'm basing it all on the Word of God. Okay, The Word of God is made up of 66 books written by 40 men over 1,500 years. There's, it's broken up into two, two parts, an Old Testament and a New. Who here has heard this stuff before? Okay, There's 39 books in the Old. There's 27 books in the New. Can anybody here... I've been trying to work... Uh, my accountability and my discipleship groups I've been, been doing with, with some, some friends, we've gone through these books. Can e- anybody here stand up and recite all 66 books in order in less than a minute? All right. Any, 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 anybody... Wait, put your hand down. <laughs> Anybody got uh, got a phone where they can, they can keep time on it? Get, get, get your phone out. I'm going to attempt to do 66 books in less than a minute, and I stutter. Oh, okay? Okay, so I've been try, trying to learn it, and I'm going to explain more about it now. And you can turn to the front of your, your, your Bible to see if I'm getting it right or not. We'll probably begin with the book of Genesis. Okay? All right. Ready, Keith? Yep. 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuter- Deuteronomy, Joshua, ju- 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 Judges, oh, this killing me, Ruth, 1st, 2nd, Samuel, 1st, 2nd, Kings, 1st, 2nd, Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Limitations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, 1st, 2nd, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd, Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd, Titus, no, Timothy, then Titus, then Philemon, then Hebrews, James, um, 1st, 2nd, Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, John, Jude, Revelation. Dude. Which one did I miss? Romans. Romans. I missed Romans. Oh, listen. I have recited this out loud 40 times, and I've never stuttered on it, so that threw me off so bad you don't even understand. Wow, in front of a group. I missed Romans. That wasn't bad, though, right? Okay, let's go from back to front. Ready? Ready, set. Revelation, Jude. Third, second, first, John, second, first, Peter, James, he, he, Hebrews, Philemon, Titus, second, Timothy, first, Timothy, second, Thessalonians, first, um, and then we go uh, Colossians, Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians, then we've got second Corinthians, first Corinthians, Romans, Acts, uh, John, Luke, Mark, Matthew, Malachi, Zechariah, Haggai, Zephaniah, Habakkuk, Nahum, wait a second, don't give it to me, Micah, Jonah, Obadiah, Amos, Joel, Hosea, Daniel, Ezekiel, Limitations, Jeremiah, Isaiah, hey, I'm not doing it in a minute, Um, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, Psalms, Job, Esther, Nehemiah, Ezra, 2nd, 1st, Chronicles, 2nd, 1st, Kings, 2nd, 1st, Samuel, Ruth, Judges, jot, 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 jot. You, you know the name. Um, uh, uh, then we got uh, the five books of Torah. Uh, uh, Deuteronomy, Numbers, Leviticus, Exodus, Gen- Gen- Genesis. Huh? Okay, a minute 13. A minute 13. Dude, hey, if I didn't get stuck on a few, a few of those words, I'd have beat it in a minute, huh? Huh? Now, now I did that just to show off because I wanted to show off. Um, I didn't know if I could get all the way back, but I did. Now, I was doing this with my kids last night. I've got to tell you. And um, so I did it front, from front to end with my kids. And we're sitting on the couch. And Bailey was, begins to climb on top of my head. I'm laying down. She climbs on, on top of my head. And I went from back to front with Bailey on my head going, because that's what it sounded like to her what I was doing. She was like, she's on top of my head. No, is this true? And Noah's like, Dad, that is so impressive. You need to do it in front of the group with Bailey on your head. And I was like, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> 66 books and all. Now, now I've learned them, and I'm trying to learn them so I know just where, where they are. I just want to know, when someone says it, I want to know right where it's at. I want to know this, this book so well that, that I don't have to think. I just go there, okay? I want you to know that too, but I want you to understand. 66 books, okay? 66 books, 40 men wrote it, but there was one divine author of it. And it's got this, this book... Of 66 books, talks about the greatness of God, how 
perfect and holy God is. It talks about mankind and how man chooses to sin. And time after time after time, we choose sin over God every time. And there has to be a substitute. There's got to be a sacrifice for sin. And there's animal sacrifices throughout time, but it's not enough. It's just a substitute. It's not enough. It doesn't fill the need until God sends His Son, Jesus, to live a life without sin. So He could be the perfect sacrifice for our sin, that He dies on the cross, that when He dies, He is sinless. He's dying on the cross, He's sinless, and our sins are laid upon Him as He dies to pay the debt that we cannot pay. And in the end of this book, it talks about us for how to live, but the key thing, it talks about the redemption of earth, the redemption of heaven, and the redemption of man and all of creation. That's what this book is about. That's why I almost I wanted to, to share it with you from front to back to back to front because of this. Because in the start... It starts with redemption and the world being redeemed and it ends with redemption, the world back to being redeemed the way it was supposed to be. This is the basis of what we're teaching. I'm teaching on tonight. And anything I say is extra and it's fluff and it does nothing to compare to this. Okay? When we talk about things that are matters of the heart that are sort of hard to swallow, I want you to understand and you have to decide for yourself, this source, are you going to depend on this source or not? Are you going to believe in the Word of God or not? And that will guide you for the rest of of your life which way you will go. What you will choose to do. Who you will choose to be. Am I going to be a a follower of God or not? Okay, are you with me? Twelve times in the twelve books of the New Testament, the Bible warns about sexual immorality. Twelve times. Now we're not, we're, and we're going to look at every time. There's 47 different verses. No, we're not. But I want you to know that, that if it appears 12 times, you better believe there's something important about it. You better take note and see what it says. Because a lot of times, we ignore it. We act like it's not there. Galatians 5, verse 19. And uh, we've got on here. Now the work of the flesh are... The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. The works of the flesh. The thing that goes against God. The flesh is evident. Okay? Sexual immorality is the first thing that it, it, it lists. Let's look at Colossians 3.5. Next verse, it says this. It says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. What is earthly, the sinfulness in you, put it to death. And then it's, it, it names sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, co- co- covetousness, which is idolatry. Okay? Put it, it says to put it to death. It de- de- doesn't, at that point, doesn't say, oh, just look out for it. Be careful. Put it to death. Kill it. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20 says this. Flee from sexual immorality. Flee from it. Run, get away as fast as you can. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Okay, there's just some verses. I just want you to just know that they're in there. We're not going to... To study these right here, you can look at them on your own. But there's something important about the Spirit of God being in you, and what comes out of you should be different than what the world is. That's just understandable, right? I mean, that just makes sense. We don't go, oh, that's odd. No, if the Spirit of God is in you, then what comes out of you will not look like what the world looks like. 
Now, I'm going to expand a little bit on, and I'm not going to get graphic at all, because y'all understand a lot of what I'm, t- I'm talking about, right? This means yes. And if you don't, that's great. Just smile at me. That's great. Um, <clears throat> but what I want to share with you, I want you to understand, we dealt with these issues when we were teenagers a lot. Um, the same issues that you did. They, the forms have changed somewhat, but the same issues were, were there. Now, I want to show you. I, I, I know um, prom is going to come up. I've got some prom pictures of me. So I want you all just to, just to understand, I was a teen once. So what I'm talking about, I, I was there. Now, this is not prom. This is probably I'm 14 at the time, looking stellar right there. Good, good-looking guy right there in that belt. I mean, I've got, I've got my pants hiked up right there, I think. Um, that's looking good. Now, now here's, here's just, I've got two, two more shots. They're, they're, they're not that bad. There's, I'm in the middle there. That dip, dip, I'm the good-looking guy in the picture, the one in the middle. Um, so, dude, my hair's looking good. That was fly back then, right, baby? Oh, she's like, baby's like, woo, that's my baby. Okay, and then, then there's even one. My, I even had a date to prom. Look at that. Huh? So, see, look at me looking all, I'm like, I'm all G. Hey, I don't know what kind of pose that is. All right, you, you can take that out. So, I want you to understand, I was a teenager once, many moons ago. No questions, Jake. Sweetheart, if you can hit the red the stop sign box, that'd be great. Okay, perfect. We need to flee from those pictures. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> But let me expand a little bit, you know, because just understand, I was there, I've been there, long time ago, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying, baby? Okay, um, just a little bit. Okay, now, sexual immorality, what is it? Okay, let me define it. It is any physical intimacy in a premarital relationship. Okay, let me define that more. Any physical intimacy outside of the marriage relationship. Okay. Sexuality is good, and God's created for the marriage relationship. He says in, in, in Genesis 1, 27-28, I believe, it says to be fruitful and multiply. Okay, It's a good thing. God's not like, oh, oh how did they start to do that? No, it's part of God's plan. Okay, Part of God's plan. In, in marriage. It's designed for marriage. Outside of marriage, do you understand that it's sin? It's grotesque. It's wrong. It's sin. Inside of marriage, it is blessed, it is honored, it is of God. It gives Him, him glory in marriage. Uh, uh, understand that. Now, sexual immorality as well and impurity as well is online pornography. That's sexual immor- immorality. It's not just what you do with somebody. It's what you may see and take in in your mind. It's also... Let me just be straight. It's a, it's a rated R movie. Some it's like PG-13. Um, that's okay because um, the nude scene on screen, they don't show it all. And the, the couple love each other when they're in bed together. And so that's okay. And, uh, or, or it's just really funny. So we just sort of, we just sort of survive through that. It's okay. There, my question when I think about because I hear that phrase. Oh, but it was just really funny. This movie was really funny. I only had this part. At what point does funny Trump conviction... You know, at what point does something is funny enough to trump any conviction you have where God says, I want you to flee from sexual immorality. I want you to abstain from it. I want you to put it to death. At what point does what I want trump conviction of what God says? I don't mean to be heavy, but it's just sort of... Sexual immorality is gawking at a girl on the beach or a girl gawking at a guy at the beach. I don't know why a girl would do that, but, you know... Um, it can be let me it can be a commercial on t on t, tv uh it can be a joke in the 
hallway at school that's just wrong that you don't walk away from. Um, it's a lot of those things. We take that word and we go, well, I haven't had sex outside of marriage. I'm good. Woo! And, and can I tell you, it's so much more than that. You've got to protect your mind. You've got to protect your heart. There's so much to protect. Ephesians 5.3 says this. It says, but among you, and this is in the NIV ver- 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 version, it says, but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's people. I want you to hear this. Not even a hint. Not even a... Not even... And if you really take that for real, who you associate with, what you watch, where you go is affected by this. When it says, and you go, boy, that's legalistic. I mean, that's like, dude, that's like way too... Le-. At what point do we use that excuse? And there's something about being set apart that, that you need to be more concerned about than am I being legalistic or not. I, I would love to hear someone go, man, I'm just concerned about being set apart. You, you, you never hear that. It's always, well, well uh, am I being too legalistic about this? Yeah. And you tend to fall back the, the other way. When it says not a hint, that's not a suggestion, that's a command. Not a hint, not an inkling of it. So, we're going to look just for a few minutes at 1 Thessalonians 4. Back at, We've already read this first verse once. I want us to hit this again. It starts in verse 3. And we're going to go to, I think, verse 8. But we're trying to break this down because this really keys in on the issue. It says this, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain or flee from sexual immorality. Now, a lot of times I've heard this for 20 years or how long I've worked with youth. I just want to know God's will for my life. I mean, if I could just know it, this is, it says right here. I just want, for this is the will of God. Your, okay, God's will for you. Sanctification. Set apart. Made holy. Like His Son. Every day. You're going to fall. You're going to struggle. But He's making you more and more like Jesus. That's His will for your life. Now the word for sexual immorality is a Greek word that is pornea. Okay, I wonder where we get that. I wonder where, how that word fits into the world we live in. You know, porn's almost a cool word. You know, uh, and it's used for now. That's used. I've seen there's a hashtag like food porn or something because you like to eat. It's like, I like food porn, uh, and it, it's you know maybe I'm getting old school. I'm getting old, but I go ah, that's just man. You're just muddling down what it 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 really is. So whenever you see sexual immorality, it's pornea. It's it's those things that are sexual that do not give God honor and glory. That list that we. Um, we, we, we went through. And when it says flee, it just says get, get, get away from it. And watch out the shows that you watch. I know, I don't know how many, I don't know if it's a, it's a, a hit show still or not, but like Teen Mom and 16 and, and, and preg, preg, Pregnant, and I bet y'all could list off for me 50 shows that you go, ooh, this show's got a lot of that junk in it, Right? Is it really good to watch? Well, I mean, it's funny. Well, at what point does funny trump con- conviction? Just got to start thinking. I know you hate thinking. Oh, but if I think, then it might affect the way I live and what I do. That's the point. Start thinking. And when we start to flee, 
to, when you flee some, something, you flee from it, you've got to fill it with something. Sometimes you go, man, I, I've, I've run away from it, I've tried and tried, and I just cannot get away from it. If you flee and you don't fill it up with something else, then you're just going to be right back at it. And this is what the Word said, God says in Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, we don't have it on the screen. Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, there's any... Excellence. If there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Fill it with that stuff. Get it in the Word of God and start to fill it with... If you really want it, you go, man, I, I, I hate this in my life. Start filling it with things that are just, things that bring God honor and glory. Look here. So the first thing is flee from sexual immorality. Second, verse 4, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor and not in the Passion of lust. It also means the disease condition, like the Gentiles who do not know who do not know God. Point two: Control your body. Okay, let me put it frankly. Listen here, fool. Control yourself. You know what I'm saying? Control yourself. Now, you go, but it, man, it's hard. I know. Your flesh will fight against you. Um, but I want you to know that the Spirit of God that is in you, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the ninth fruit of the Spirit that it lists is self-control. And you might need to find someone to keep you accountable. You might need to just learn the fruits of the Spirit. And, and when, when you start to feel weak, start strong, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. Give me self-control, God. I need self-control. Give me strength. to volume. The Spirit, ask, ask for the, the God's Spirit that is in you to help. We've got to learn to be self-controlled. Can I be transparent with y'all for a second? Not gr- gr- grotesquely transparent. That all right? Are y'all like all bummed and de- de- depressed? Right now it's the type of thing where you go, okay, don't blink or anything so you won't know what I'm thinking about. Okay. I, um, I've done a lot of things wrong in my life. And I'm not going to share in a confession time of, of what I've done wrong. Because there's a few things that I've done right. Very few. And... and uh, let me share this. When I was dating my wife, uh, just for a few, a few months, man, she was, she is, and was just beautiful. And um, and it had been a few months, and I had urges of man, I wanted to do things I knew that did not honor God. I knew they did not. And in a moment of strength, I said this to her. I said, I want you to know that if I touch you in any way that doesn't honor God. We will break up. We will never get back together. And our relationship will be over for, for forever. Now, can I tell you this? Inside of my head, as I was saying these words, I was screaming at myself, Shut up, you fool. Shut up. What are you doing? You're closing the door. What are you doing, you fool, you fool? Honestly. But I knew the woman I spoke to would hold me accountable to that. And that gave me strength to... Uh, honor her throughout our dating relationship. Self-control. That's what I, 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 I... It was a moment of doing something right. Of all things I've done wrong, I did something right. I know one of the best things I could have done. I know it blessed her in a mighty way um, for, from that, that day on. And can I encourage you? Find a way to be self-controlled. Girls, you, if you are going to date, you, you better date a guy that's going to set ba- boundaries. First of all, you better date a guy who loves G- Jesus. And, and if he loves G- 
in Jesus, he's going to set boundaries. If he doesn't set them right up, and they should be right ones, they shouldn't be, ah, oh, well, this is a little gray area. You know? If it's not right areas, you, you, you better flee. But, but I love him. I, lo- I love him. Well, listen. Honor God. Convictions. Let your convictions rule your heart. Look here in, in verse 6. It says um, that no trans, transgress and wrong... Let, let me read verse 5 here. Uh, start in verse 5. Uh, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one tra- transgress and wrong his brother and ancestor in this matter. Ma- ma- matter because the Lord is an avenger in all these things as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. It says that no one transgress or sin against his brother or sister. Now, if anyone in this room, I don't want you to raise your hands or do, but you could be dating someone right now. Now, the odds are very low, very low that this person, you are going to marry this now this per per. per person at some point in your life. Spit that out. Um, fairly, not saying that it won't occur, but it, it could. Um, but it, it's, it's rare. Do you all agree with that? Okay. How would you... Um, do you understand that who you date right now is probably going to marry someone else? Even if it's either you or someone else. The, the, the odds are for it, right? <clears throat> Do you understand that your wife-to-be is possibly dating someone else right now? And how would you like them to be tr- treated at this time? Perfectly. Man, that's right. You better treat her good. You touch her, I, I break your neck. Girls, guys, same thing. Girls, you want a guy who's dating someone right now to honor who he dates. And in the way he does that, he will honor his wife-to-be whenever he meets you. You, I hope you want that. A guy that seeks the Lord and wants to do that. And if we want that for ourselves, we should be willing to give that in the way that we live our lives now. And it says right here in verse 6 that, that, that no one sin or wrong his brother or sister. God's calling you even now at the age that you are. Don't sin against in what you, your flesh wants. Do not sin against those around you. And, and really... Point three is this. You, we need to fear God. You know what can help you live this out? Have a healthy fear. Do I believe that God is real? Yes. Do I believe that His Word is real? Yes. Do I believe what it says in His Word? That it says this. In this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. You know, this world is hard enough. I don't need the Lord coming after me. Avenging me for wrong that I've done. It's hard enough. The world beats me up already. The Lord, sometimes I wish he'd, you know, some people used to go, man, I wish he'd just squash them. That's just what I think sometimes about, not you, well, not most of you. <laughs> but this is what it says. It says in Proverbs 1-7 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I mean, we've got to have a fear of God. Um, look at here in verse 7. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Oh, it's saying that again. Being set apart again. Being holy again. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives His Holy Spirit to you. We are called to flee sexual immorality. We're called to um, 
me make sure I, I, I get it right. We're, we're called to control our bodies. We're called to fear God. And we're called to live holy. The greatest calling that you, if you live holy, you, you're going to get the teaching right. And a lot more of the, t- the teaching of the Word of God right. If you live holy. If you don't live holy, you're going to miss. You're going to miss it all. He wants us set apart. He wants us sanctified. He wants us made holy. He wants us different from the world. And if you, tonight, even as you hear what I've taught, if you ignore this, you're not ignoring me, you're ignoring God. That's what the text said there in verse 8, clear as day. Man, don't ignore God. You can ignore me all day long. Hopefully not. That might hurt my feelings. But, man, don't ignore God. He wants what is so best for you. This is what we're going to do tonight. I need, um, I'm going to pray, and then I just need the guys to step out, uh, step out of the quad for um, just like two minutes, and then y'all know, y'all, y'all will know when when we're done in here. It's going to be quick. There's no 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 trouble. I'm not going to like blast anybody. I just need the guys after I pray to get up, head out just for two minutes, and then. Um, Y'all can come back in, and and we're done at that point. Dear God, we thank you so much for tonight. Uh, Lord, we ask that uh, you will guide um, us to follow you, to be set apart, to seek you, to live for you, to love you. And uh, Lord, I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but I know it's worth it. I know it's so worth it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me share this before you get up. I want to share this with the group. Um, I've had the opportunity in the past couple years to do uh, about six wet, wet, wet weddings. That, that's that's a, a bride and groom. Because you might say, dude, you don't understand. This is impossible. What you're saying to do in this day and age, it's impossible to do. Of six wet weddings, four of the couples I know of saved themselves until they got married. Four of the stinking couples did it, ranging from 21 to 28 in age. It, 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 it can be done. God can be, be honored in this. Don't think you're all alone in this. You're not. All right, guys, pop up for a second. What what did you do, bud? Dan, are you supposed to get out too? This isn't. Hey, go guys, go. All right, girls. There, there's nothing weird or, or strange uh, I'm going to say to you, but I want you to hear me loud and clear on a couple of things. I've, I've taught on this within the past few weeks, but I want you to know this. Um, first thing is this. You're worth it. Okay? What, whatever it is you think you're not worth, you're not good enough, you don't meet it, you're, you're not, that's a lie, and you're worth it. You're created by God who cre- created you the way that you are with a plan. Do not Miss that truth. Psalm one 
39, you've got, you've, if you don't have it written in your Bible, marked in it, you need to mark it. It says this, For you form my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from, from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book, every one of them, in the, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I were to count them, they are more than the sand. I, I don't know what you've been told all your life, but I want you to hear this t- tonight. God has so much worth in you, and you need to find yourself worth in Him. Second thing is this. You have a lot of power, and a lot of you know you have a lot of power. And, and let me share this. Guys are visual. Their eyes. Girls aren't visual. What are girls, babe? Girls are emotional. <laughs> Whatever you... I, don't, I still don't know. I've been married for 17 years trying to figure it out. But I, but I, I love you, babe. But listen. <clears throat> be careful with what you wear. Okay? Um, as a believer in... In Christ, you are responsible for the guys that you are around to an extent. Now, you can't prevent them from sinning, from falling. I understand that completely. But you're responsible. The Word of God, Proverbs 31, talks about the woman being modest. And just watch what you wear. And look out for each other in a nice way. Okay? That's very important. And a lot of times, um, we dress for attention. I hope, man, you're finding your self-worth in God. Find your self-worth in Christ. Okay? Um, and the, the last thing is this. Don't settle. Don't settle. goes back to the first point. You are so worth it. And you, some of you are saying, um, Dan, the guy that you've sort of painted out for us, he doesn't exist. And I understand. I'm, I'm talking idealism in a lot of ways. But there's a lot of truth you need to look for in a guy who loves God, who seeks God. It doesn't mean that he's going to struggle or fall at times. Because you struggle and fall too. But man, don't settle just because you think, well, I can't get any better than this. I'm just going to go for this. God has so much more planned for you. And that's just what I want you to know tonight. That's sort of some simple truths. And, and I pray for you. My wife prays for you. Uh, I know Dee, Whitney, pray for you. That, that, that you will walk in the worth of God and that you will not settle um, in this life. Let's pray and we're just going to be dismissed. Dear God, I thank you for each one here uh, and ask that you protect them and guide them, Lord. And may they find their worth in you and know that you created them. And Lord, that your thoughts of them outnumber the grains of sand. And I can't understand that, but you, but you are that great of a God. And Lord, we love you and we thank you. And I ask that you protect, that you guide, and we will not settle. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you.